0: You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor noonanorg Now, let's join in for today's message. Of course, I'm reading out the New King James Version. John 5 and 1 says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Notice that. And whoever stepped in first was made well of whatever disease he or she had. So if you stepped in second, you didn't do nothing but get wet. But if you stepped in first, Whatever you were going through, and no matter how long you had been going through it, you were made well. Notice this. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time to be battling something. Y'all are ready for the word. Ain't y'all excited about the word? All right. All right. That's a long time to be battling something. That's a long time to be battling something. 38 years. There are folks in here ain't even 38 years old. Right? Now, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Seemed like a question that, Lord, you. of course I want to. But remember, the scripture just told us that his infirmity had been going on for 38 years. And sometimes there's a danger when people suffer. Any particular thing for a long time, there, there's always that danger of a person getting comfortable or used to how it is. Y'all know I'm right about that. Now, come on, I said he been he been suffering for 38 years, and Jesus asked him, "Do you want to be made well?" Well, some folk would say, "Well, Pastor, uh, of course the man wants to be made well." But that's not everybody. Some folk would get to going through something, and and they're no longer looking for change. They're no longer looking for better. They're no. You can shout all day, better, bigger. But because they've been going through it for X amount of years, they have no expectation of that thing or that situation getting better. They have actually learned to cope or to live with it. This is just how it's going to be. The sick man answered him, sir. Notice he's being polite to Jesus. He said, "I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me." Man, you could just almost feel for this for this fella. (laughs) Some of some of y'all like, "I don't care about, I don't know about." I mean, but come on, that man been thirty eight years, and every time he would get close. Because he didn't have nobody to help put him in. The, notes of the Bible said, whoever stepped in first, but see, he couldn't step. He couldn't step. Not because he didn't want to step. He couldn't step. He couldn't beat folk. It's just like some of the, God don't help us, you can't outrun certain people. If God don't, if the Holy Ghost don't get in your legs and do something supernatural, come on. If it's somebody at the back door and we got a couple of folks at the back door and I pull out a thousand dollars and I say the first one come up here and get this thousand dollars can have it. Some of us, we just out of luck. Well, not out of luck, but we just ain't gonna get it. Let me change that. We ain't gonna get it cause we cannot outrun certain folks. Y'all think it's Senior Minister Gamble back there in the back and Minister Cochran back there in the back. Who y'all think going to get up here and get that $1,000? Do, I don't hear nobody from Senior Minister Gamble? <laughs> some of y'all like, she don't stand a chance, Pastor. And y'all would look at me like, you wrong to do her like that. You knew she couldn't beat him running or getting up there. And some of us just think, just think, even though we know we slow, and the chances of getting it is slim and none. Come on, let, let's take it on up to $10,000. $10,000. Some of us, even though we ain't going to get up here, boy, we going to pull a hamstring or something trying. Folk, folk going to tell us after church, now you didn't get there first, but I ain't never seen you move that fast. we going to be getting it. Now some of y'all sitting there like, "Oh, Pastor, I don't even know if I've tried." Now come on, ten thousand. Now who's to say? I'm. I'm, I know I'm taking my time, but who's to say if the first one gets up here? According to this, there are no rules. Depending on how bad Senior Minister Gamble wants that ten thousand, she might just trip the good minister. She might just elbow him right in the stomach before I say go. Right? Then the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise. Of power do Jesus have? Jesus was like, I ain't got to wait for the angel. I possess more power than the angel. So rise. Take up your bed and walk. Immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. That day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured or made well, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. In other words, the man said, Look, I'm obeying the one that healed me. The one who made me better told me to get my bed and walk. And I'm simply doing what he told me to do. But notice, after thirty-eight years, he still wanted his healing. Why is that? Because he was possessed. Y'all slow. Okay. Subject: Possessed. <laughs> Will determination. Part three. Let's give God a praise for our subject this morning. I'm possessed. With Determination. <clears throat> Point three. Notice in John 5 that according to verse 3 the Bible talks about the place being Bethesda having five porches. Could you imagine seeing A place that had five porches and on all of the porches lay all types of people with all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. Imagine just walking up and looking at five porches and on every porch there are people gathered, could even be people on top of people who are sick, who are blind, who are lame, and paralyzed. Their sicknesses are different, but their being in that place is the same. They're all waiting for the moving of the water. Whether you was blind, whether you were paralyzed or lame, whatever your condition was, what brought you to Bethesda or to the porch or by the pool was waiting on an angel to come down and trouble the water. Imagine again all of these sicknesses, all of these diseases, and nobody knows scripturally or biblically when the angel is coming. And so they're just waiting for him to show up, trouble or touch the water, and they know there had to be something, an indication of who the angel was, as well as when he troubled the water. Because something had to happen with that water. The Bible doesn't tell it. But something had to happen to allow the sick people to know that now is the time. Whoever gets in first. Whoever. So, and imagine there can be no delay if you really want to be healed you got to be sitting there waiting for the angel, expecting his visitation. And when you know that he's in the midst and that he has touched the water or troubled the water, you got to be the first one to get in. If you're second, it means nothing. If you're third, it means that You have to be the first one to get in. Notice that this man, again according to verse 5, has had his infirmity 38 38 years. 38 years. 38 years of battling the same. Thirty-eight years, year after year, finding yourself in the same condition. Finding yourself battling the same thing. Listen, not because you are not doing what you need to do, but because your situation is too big. For you to improve or make it better. See, I had to say that because there are some folks, they've been battling something a long time. But maybe you have been battling a long time because you're not doing what you should be doing. So in some cases, we can be in a situation, I should be getting more amen, for a long time, but you're primarily there because you won't get up and do what you know you need to do. Oh yeah, your situation could have been better years ago, but you won't move when it's time for you to move. And there are some people in here, we ought to be shouting amen. We ought to be saying, yeah, pastor, I know you're right. Because I found myself before being stuck in a situation. But I was only there, pastor, because I wasn't getting up doing what I needed to do. Yeah, pastor, I used to be lazy. See, some folks don't like to tell on themselves. But there are some folks in here. You got stuck in something because of laziness, an unwillingness on your part to get up and do what it was that you knew you needed to do. Imagine a person just sitting somewhere, having the ability to get up and do certain things that would improve their life drastically, but the person has no energy to do what needs to be done. Y'all didn't hear me good. I need to repeat that. They have no energy to do what they need to do to better their life to make your situation because there are times that there's something I need to do. Something I need to do. You know, there are times that even when we pray, there are times that we don't even need to continue praying about certain things when God has already told you what you need to do. All you got to do is stop praying about that and get up and do in your life what he told you to do. Get up and do what he said. Get up and move when he say move. Pastor, I'm waiting to get my ducks in a row. He didn't tell you to get your ducks in a row. If he said move, get to moving. Get to moving. Somebody don't like it, but I got to say it again. Get to moving. Because though I'm going to talk about waiting, there are times that we are not waiting on God the way we think. God is waiting on us. Come on somebody. Well, pastor, you know I'm just waiting on the Lord to do something. No, God waiting on you to believe Him and obey Him. Yeah, he got the house for you, but he's waiting on you to keep the one clean that you got right now. He waiting on you to be faithful. Here's somebody getting that rainbow right now. He wants you to be faithful over a little, over a few. So that it will give him the permission to give you the more or the better or the bigger. That's somebody' word. Sometimes bigger is hindered because we are not doing with less what we should be doing. He said if you're faithful over a few, I'll make you ruler over much. The Bible even talks about how God watches how we handle what belongs to another man. Oh, come on, Pastor. Before God give us our own. God ain't going to give you no business and you lazy on your current job. You treat it like it doesn't matter. You're never on time. You're never doing what you need to do. Come on. He's not going to give you your own. Why? You have not been faithful in what belongs to another man. I got to move on. But see, all of that kind of stuff matters to God. If you can only get folks to see that whether you keep your car clean or whether you keep it dirty, it matters to God. In reference to Him giving you better. Am I right about it? So notice that even though it had been according to verse 5, y'all stay with me, 38 years, somehow the man is still showing up. Okay, hold on. He he is either still showing up, <laughs> or he's never leaving. Come on, you you got to learn to to really see the text. Either he has made this place his primary home, or he has made it his secondary home. You say, Pastor, why are you saying that? Because notice when he got his healing. Notice what Jesus told him. Jesus said, take up your bed. If he's only there every now and then, why you need a bed? See, it's telling me something about this man. This man wanted to be healed so bad that he said, I don't have nobody to put me in the water. Other people are going to come and leave, but I'm going to camp out right here. Whoa, come on, somebody. Somebody know about camping out. Just getting somewhere and just being still and not moving until God said, move. I, I ain't going nowhere. I'm not looking for nothing else because God said He gonna manifest something right here. Come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. That man took his bed. Could you imagine? Wanting to go home at night, but not knowing if the angel were going to show up early in the morning. He was trying to get an advantage over people who could move faster than he could. Maybe they can take a chance of of of, of going home and, and, and being far away from the poo. And if they see the angel, then they can sprint to the poo. But I can't do that. So I'm going to make this place my primary or my secondary home. But what I want us to see is that he's like this. Because the word needs to rebuke some of us today. He's like this, ministers, even though it's been 38 years. Y'all can play with me if you want to. But everybody don't act the way they need to when they've been waiting on something to happen for a long time. I, I just need to talk about that from just a natural standpoint, from just a general standpoint. A lot of us don't like to wait on nothing or nobody. I'm just talking general right now. Some of you will pull up at a fast food place. And if you in that line more than 10 minutes, you want to give them a bad review. They say fast food, they not fast, been here nine minutes. We laughing somebody put the microwave on three minutes, three, and we sitting there like, God Jesus, three. never known three minutes to be this long. a long time for three. I need a new microwave. This microwave right here. Three minutes. Some of us are not good at waiting. If it comes quickly, we love it. If we have to wait on it, that disturbs us. I'm coming your way. But see, he was possessed. With determination. Be aware when you're waiting. Be aware of not falling into having an attitude of self-pity. Can I just teach you? You, 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 have to, you have to watch that. Because some people, if they have to wait on something to manifest, they can have the tendency to start feeling sorry for themselves, listen to me, based upon looking at others and how fast, watch this, you think it happened for them. So so so-and-so didn't have to go through this for such and such to happen to her. I I don't see why that I I have to, but that's how it is. Always me. You have to be careful. Because, see, really, you don't know what sister so-and-so had to go through to get to where she is. You really don't know when somebody had been in the waiting room. You don't know all that they have encountered while they was waiting. Yeah, I'll preach it right. You don't know how many times they was denied. You don't know how many times they were told no. You just only heard when they got the yes, but she had got ten no's. Whoa, come on here, somebody. Isn't it amazing how folk try to judge you and they really don't know what all you've been battling while you've been waiting. Folk got a tendency not to desire to serve God right. If they feel like He's making them wait too long. Well y'all in the house And so they start having what is known as pity parties. And some folks will throw pity parties, but they won't. They'll invite you to the party, but they really won't tell you all that's going on with them. They just, number one, is listening others to feel sorry. For them as well. You have to be careful of folk like that. See, a lot of people, when they're waiting, they really don't want to be told what they need to hear. They're only looking for somebody who will feel sorry for them. And to agree, listen, with their narrative of what's going on. You know, Pastor, I tried to talk to her. So, so-and-so like you told me to get with her. But, but, Pastor, I ain't trying to be funny, but she don't really listen. No, it, it may not be that she doesn't listen. You was unwilling to hear what she had to say. Because you're ready for your process to end. I'm in the house. See, because when you start having pity parties in reference to waiting on God, it says about you that you are frustrated with His process. And don't, don't sit there and look at me like you have never in your life questioned God. Anybody ever been there? No, I, mean, I just got the point. Have you ever just... No, you don't know more than he do. No, you ain't omniscient. No, you don't know everything. But had the nerve to, to say to God, all you have to do... Lord, I've been asking. You just caused such and such to happen, but see again, you can't get frustrated with God's process or God's timing. Are y'all with me? Because if you do, finally, it leads to unjust complaining. Anybody who has fallen into Having self-pity is going to be doing a whole lot of unjust complaining. Anybody who is willing to listen, and even when you are not willing to listen, they want to tell you why what they're going through is not fair. It's not fair. And see, when you teach like this, you have to really teach something that most folk really don't want to hear because they are tired of waiting. This is when the congregation gets happy if you start preaching. It's going to happen before Wednesday. See, if that was my message, it's going to happen before Wednesday. A lot of us, you just woke me up, have you? Did you say for Wednesday? Oh, I put up with it for two, three more days. Cause after Wednesday, it's all said and done. But when you go to trying to teach God's people how to wait on him, you get certain looks like I'm getting. Look at Isaiah 40. Look at Isaiah 40. Boy, y'all quiet this morning. Yeah, I ain't even going to try to rev you up this morning. I'm just going to let it be what it is this morning. Isaiah forty, yeah. We just gonna say what he wants us to say. Because there are times that waiting is necessary. Come on. A lot of times, y'all don't believe, but a lot of time waiting builds character. I say waiting builds character. Right? Notice Isaiah forty. Verse 31. Y'all have it? Woo, good word this morning. Good word this morning. Because there are times that, again, where where, where we often get excited when God shows us something. Come on. I, I said we get excited when God shows us something or when God reveals something to us. Pastor, I got a revelation from God. But see, what God showed you may not manifest as quickly as what you think, y'all really listen to me, you saw. Or what you think you heard. This is the reason we are so quick sometimes. When God said a word that say all is well, I'm going to do what I said. That's all God. All is well. I'm going to do what I said. So I should get in a waiting room where I'm waiting or expecting God to just do what he said. But I don't need to add He going to do it by Friday because he didn't tell me it would be done by Friday. He told me he would do it. I'm messing with some of y'all because the we shouldn't add or take from the word. And sometimes out of being anxious for a process to end, we add. We add. Because if God says something going to be done by Friday, you have to understand who he is. In reference to you believing in him. That means no matter what happens, it will be done by Friday. Come on, somebody. I love the story of Joshua and them in a battle. And Joshua needing more time. Y'all ain't even here. And how the Bible talks about he prayed that God would just stop time. Bible talks about how the sun stood still. See, I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. When God said he gonna do a thing, God himself is not either limited by time. Nothing can stop God from doing what he promised to do. Nothing. Nothing. On that day, the sun stood still until Joshua and Israel got the victory. Could you imagine fighting an enemy and you think, well, because it's about to get dark, we're gonna have an advantage, but then their God freezes time in order to let them win out over you. You're saying to yourself, We cannot defeat the God that they serve. I'm trying to get someone to be happy right here in this moment and just recognize who you serve. See, that mean? no matter how long you've been waiting, if you recognize who you serve, you happy in the waiting room. You excited in the waiting room. You in the waiting room bragging about it. You in the waiting room encouraging other folks. You know everything you told us going to happen. <laughs> Be seated as you being seated. Look at somebody there. tell them the waiting room is important. Because some of we'll move people if people won't do what we want. Sometimes we act out in certain ways. And they do it. But see, God ain't like that. I'm going to hold my breath until he do it. Come on. Can I be honest with y'all? In my young days, I used to fast. For God to do things. And I could have been eating. Because what I was fasting to get him to do that week. God had already determined. I ain't doing that until years. I could have been eating. But I didn't know any better. I thought I could fast and get God to do what he didn't want to. You can't manipulate God. If he deems about you that before he gives you something, you need to mature, he ain't going to give it to you until he knows you have mature. If he deems he's not going to do something for you until you humble yourself and get in a place that when he do it, you ain't going to be Come on, bougie. You ain't going to be high-minded. You ain't going to give yourself the credit. You ain't going to walk around thinking that you better than everybody else because you were the first one up here to pull up in an electric car. You ain't no better than nobody else. See, he ain't going to give it to you until he knows that you won't start thinking more highly of yourself than you need to. Y'all know I'm right about And some of us, God gave us things, and we know how to act. Come on. He gave us things, but we don't compete with folk. It ain't no competition. Come on, somebody. It ain't no competition. I'm glad to see God bless you, and I'm glad to see when he blesses me. But we are not competing against each other. We ain't trying to outdo one another. this ain't the church where we come to outdress each other out sing each other out pray each other out preach each other the devil is a liar we want God to get the glory honor and praise for all that he do for his people be seated even God had to tell Israel that he didn't want them get into a place where they begin to say that their power and their might had got them this wealth. And some of us, we are blessed. I said, we blessed. But we ain't on social media every time we get trying to show off whatever everything Some of us would be to the point to where they'll see it when they see it. If they don't see it, it don't change the fact that I have it. I know I'm talking right there's certain things you don't need to see. You don't need to see my bedroom. You don't need to see. Got to post everything I got. Be humble enough to know you got it. There's some good teaching right here. Because some of us would get a little something. Come on now. I said, Is there anywhere where we have gated parking? I got me a car and I really don't want (laughs) to be parking by some of the cars that I see here, Pastor. Afraid they may bump my door. No, no gated parking. Parking out here like the rest of us do. Y'all want me to move on, but see, it's some folks in this church. And I wasn't even planning on going here. It's a folks in this church. You got to watch how you act about where God has brought you. There's no need to act like that. <laughs> I got to move on. But y'all, I, 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 how many of y'all remember back in the day? You, you didn't even have to have that much money. Y'all, what, what's some you my, well, y'all, y'all may not have been like us? But see, back in the day, we'll take a 20, a 10. And put it on top of thirty ones, and we'll pull out our money like we got a knot. You be like, "Man, what's up, man? Be a big old like big 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 knot." Sometimes we we'll have it rolled up with we'll a roll of band. Yeah, look, that's a big old knot. Man, that ain't number one. Man, you must be crazy. It's just trying to show off. That ain't God. Come on, somebody. That ain't God. Oh, I got to move on. Now, when God blesses you to bless somebody, you ain't got to let everybody know that you blessed that person. Be happy knowing what you did. Don't bless me with no shoes and wait till we get in a crowd and then come around and tell Oh, I see you wearing the shoes I gave Yeah, God led me Gone. Hey, you want your shoes back? Cause every time I wear them, you remind me that you gave them to me. So I, I don't want no problem. Did you, did you give me the wrong pair? You didn't mean to give it. You, you talk about these shoes every time I see you. Yeah, I know to bring somebody over there where you. Hey, hey, tell them what I did for you. You yeah, tell them how your boy helped you out. And that make you say, look, don't do nothing now for me. <laughs> don't do nothing now. No, I got a dread. No, keep, keep, keep it. Bless somebody else. You got to talk about that every time I see you. Come on. Y'all know how people. Is. Some folks can't even give you nothing. Two minutes later, they call. Hey, how you like it? What Have you wore yet? Did you put it? You just gave it to me like Isaiah 40. (laughs) Well pastor, I'm like that. Stop being like that. Sometimes God had you to bless people and just keep moving. Keep moving. If they never say anything, you did what he told you to do. Keep moving. You know, I often bless people through people. That's how I don't need. Hey, I did what God told me to do. And keep it moving. I don't go now. Hey, you know that what well, so and so did. I did. Isaiah 40. You can't be like that. Y'all know I'm right about that. Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord. Good grace, I got to hear. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. With wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you're waiting right, when you're waiting right, you won't faint. Somebody should have received that. When you're waiting the way you need to wait, you will not faint. Because you are in expectation knowing that what God promised, that all of the promises of God in him are, yes, in him, amen. Whenever you're waiting and you're feigning, you're not waiting right. You're not waiting right. Well, Pastor, I, I feel like you ain't waiting right. Look what he said. But those who wait on the Lord, notice, you're, not only are you not going to faint, but when you wait right, you get stronger. Your expectation for God to do it gets stronger every minute. Pastor, where you get that from? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Pastor, it's been two years. But I'm just as excited today as I was two years ago when God promised me what he was going to do. I've gotten stronger in my faith. I've gotten stronger in my belief. I've gotten stronger in the word. You tell me you faint hearted. I'm telling you, you ain't waiting right. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. With wings like what? With wings like what? Now eagles fly high. You ain't low. You ain't depressed. You ain't down. You're flying high. Been 10 years, but you still got joy. They shall run. And not be what weary. When you waiting right, you don't get weary. Because look like it. Somebody told me it looked like it turned for the worse. I ain't getting weary. God can deal with anything. God can deal with any situation. I know for it's said and done, it's gonna hit better. Come on somebody, you have to be able to wait, look like things get worse, but you stand there and pray. You stand there and do what David said, I will bless the Lord at all what at all what That means I'm going to bless him in the waiting room. I'm going to bless him. Come on, I'm talking to somebody, I'm in the clothes. You start feeling like you you can't make it, you can't go on. You're not waiting, right? You shall run and not be weary. Paul told the church in Galatians six and nine, "Be not weary." And what? And what? For in due season you shall reap if you if you what. Be not weary in way what? That means I have to wait right. Don't you know, don't y'all realize that waiting on God, having expectation, biblical hope is a good thing. Be not weary in doing what? Good. That's what he's doing. I'm waiting on God to manifest what he promised me, and that's good. It's good for me to wait. But I can't be weary in doing good or waiting. Come on somebody. Luke 18 and 1. Me and Alter always pray and not what? Lose heart. You tell me you're waiting but you're not praying. You ain't waiting right. You done came out the waiting room. Because see prayer is the room Not only where you're waiting, but that's where you give thanks for it. That's where you go ahead and say, Lord, I thank you for doing it. Lord, I praise you that it is so. Lord, I thank you for giving me the promotion. Hallelujah, God, I thank you that the checking account is overflowing. God, I thank you that every bill is paid in full. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. For supplying my need according to your riches and glory. Thank you God for giving me the desire of my heart. You better watch it, As I delight myself within you. Be seated. You're not waiting right. When it comes to your heart desire. And you're not delighting yourself in God. He'll give us the desires of our heart. As we. As we delight ourselves within him. Are y'all here? Look at Psalm 27. I got to hear that and I'm going to close out that thing and be done. I done got happy myself. Yes, I have. I done got happy myself. Look at Psalms. Look at Psalm 27. You said, Pastor, you done taught yourself to get happy. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Psalm 27. See, this message needs to be taught. We need to understand this. It matters how you wait. Psalm 27 and verse 13. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see. See, when you're waiting right, you're believing to see. You're believing to experience. Come on. Unless I had believed that I would see. See, if God done told you you're going to see something, You keep believing until you see what he told you you would see. You keep believing until you start experiencing what he told you you would experience. Here's another mistake we make. In the waiting room, you never despise the day of small beginnings. Pastor God said I would experience Big things. Yeah, but he may start you off by sending you small things. Boy, y'all didn't get... See, if God say, I'm going to do something big for you, but yet when he start doing something small for you, you don't appreciate it, you don't acknowledge that small thing, guess what it says to God? You ain't waiting right. If God said to you, I'm about to cause money to come from the north, south, east, and west, from several directions, you, I know you waiting for one of them looms truck. You know, it's one of them bank trucks you see at the bank. I know, hold on, hold on, TJ Wright, I know you dream that one of them was going to back up in your driveway. Open that back door. And tell you to go for what you know. But see what you need to do. If he promised you such a thing. Until that bank truck pull up. And then when it do pull up. Make, it, make sure make ain't any uh, suspicious about it. Make sure it is. <laughs> ain't worth going to jail though. Make sure. Yeah. That's what God promised. They pulling it up. But until then. Somebody shout until then. Pick up the penny off the ground. Pick up them them two quarters and that dime and that nickel. And while you're picking it up, give him praise. Everybody else walked past it, didn't see it, but God allowed your eyes to see it. Give him praise right there in Dollar General parking lot. Praise him right there in Target. That means you're waiting right. You recognize, oh God, I see what you're doing. You start me out small, but I know it's you. Notice what he says as I close. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your what? Heart. When you're waiting right, God strengthens you. Oh God. When you're waiting right, God do certain things for you. That empowers you to stay in the waiting room. It it oh God, I'm trying to close, but when you're waiting right, you can see small things happen. You can see God moving in the weather. You, you, you can just. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's close it in John 5. We got to get out of here. I'm over time. John 5. Oh, what a word. See, it matters how we wait. In John 5, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he had already been in that condition, A long time. Jesus knew he had been in that condition how often? How often? Not only did Jesus know that it's been 38 years. Jesus knew he'd been in that condition. Not just waiting for 38 years, but unable to get in first because of his condition. Look at somebody and say, "Wow, you're in the waiting room, Jesus knows everything that's going on with you. You better preach that to your neighbor. Tell them, Say, "Wow, you're in the waiting room, Jesus, you got to say it right, Jesus knows everything that's going on with you. Wow, he know what your mama don't know. He know what your spouse don't. He know everything. Wow, he know how bad you want it. He know you can taste it. He knows. He knows. Wow, he know. He seen every tear. He knows. He even know your haters that saying it ain't gonna happen. He even know folk that praying against it. He know. He knows. Bible said when he knew he had been in that condition a long time, a long time. Then Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Now I know a lot of folk will focus on the man saying, I have no man to put me in. He was telling the truth. But what I want us to receive in my clothes is that Bethesda means House of mercy. Bethesda means house of mercy. But see, it wasn't a house of mercy. Because when the angel came down, only the first person who stepped in got healed. So that place was not what it was supposed to be. But the God of mercy showed up at the house of mercy to check on a man that's been waiting 38 years. And while everybody want to focus on him saying, I have no man to put me in. Can y'all bear with me? I'm afraid that sometimes we miss what he did say to Jesus. He says to Jesus, but while I'm coming, you know what he was telling Jesus? I hadn't stopped trying. I'm possessed with determination, but while I'm coming, he was letting Jesus know in answer, I have not given up. Though everybody always beats me, I'm still coming. I wonder if Jesus looked at refuge and said, yeah, so-and-so gave up, so-and-so ain't looking for, so-and-so. But they still coming. She's still coming after me. She's still calling on me. She's still giving me the glory. I, I see her still coming up there to the altar. Put the same seed on the altar that I talked to her about two years ago. Even though the promise had manifested. I see her still coming. I, I see him still. Wow Where y'all at, saints? Just basically let that man know that the God of mercy has showed up at the house of mercy. And how that man got it last week, you ain't going to get it like that. Listen what Jesus was in essence saying to him. I'm about to do something at the house of mercy. That has never been done. I'm finna give folks something to talk about for thousands of years. And here go Pastor Cochran last night and God said, you got to preach about Bethesda. Talk about what happened and what didn't happen at the house of mercy. Because when I finally do for my people what I promised them I would do. They're going to talk about it. Their family is going to talk about it for years to come. I'm telling you, it's in my spirit that God is going to do some things for some of us, that our children and our grandchildren and their children are going to talk about what they, what God did for Paul years ago. Let me tell you what God did for Nana years ago that set our family. See, all I'm trying to get us to see is that when it concerns God, it's always worth the wait. You hear me, sisters, to me? It's always worth the wait. Because, see, you could wait on me. of Cochran. Never. You feel it, Brother Boat? Never. You feel it, Mother Cochran? Do you feel it, huh? You feel it, Deacon Hill? But you can never. But you can never. You feel it, senior minister? You can never. You feel it? You feel it, baby? You feel it, honey? Ha-ha. <laughs> Woo! You can Never. Wait, oh God, and wait right and end up disappointed. If he makes you wait for years, every year you waited will be worth it. What I got to do, Pastor, in that waiting room? I'm willing to do whatever you tell me right now, man, of God. All I'm telling you to do in the waiting room is to be possessed with determination. I'm done. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.